Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me here for another edition of Spotlight Conversations. I'm your host, Clayton Big Trigger Corley, and I'm so glad that you were able to spend a little time with me. There are so many amazing jazz musicians out here today who are making new and inspiring music, not only in the manner of their influences, but something entirely fresh, truly exhilarating to the establishment standard of jazz. One of those artists is pianist and vocalist champion Fulton. I'd like to start by saying that all of you, each and every one of you, should definitely check out her music. With influences like Charlie Parker and Dinah Washington, who's one of my personal favorites, you simply can't go wrong with her music. I mean, that's all I could say. Uh, champion is not, though, a replica of her precursors. No way, shape, form, or fashion. Her artistry is fresh, and inspiring and vibrant. I could say more, but it won't do it any more good. Uh, you simply need to hear her speak for herself. So without further ado, I would like to say welcome Champion Fulton in the Spotlight Conversation. Hi, Clay. Thank you so much for that very nice introduction. It was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's well, it's well deserved, you know, because I've been, uh, I've been listening to your music like daily you know, it's definitely well-deserved and your story is fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me here today. Let me start off by asking, where are you from? And tell us a little bit about your family. I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm an only child. My father, Stephen, is a jazz musician like me, plays trumpet and flugelhorn and drums. And my mother, Susan, uh, she recently retired, but she's um, a dietitian and worked in the hospitals almost all my entire life. Uh, and I, I grew up mostly in Oklahoma, but we moved around a little bit, lived in Texas and Iowa, and even in New York for a very short period. Um, but I consider myself an Oklahoman. All right. How early in life did you realize your love of music in general, but jazz in particular? Oh, I think almost uh, my whole life. Um, I loved, I just remember love loving jazz the whole time. I took some of my favorite Count Basie CDs to show and tell when I was in uh, like pre-K daycare. <laughs> and uh, I was just always um, obsessed with the music from a very early age. Who were some of your earliest, next to your, your, your dad, since I know he was definitely an influence, some of your earliest and most important jazz influences? Well, I really loved uh, the music of Charlie Parker. So my father had a cassette that, you know, back then he would make me cassettes that I could play on my little boom box in my room. And I had Charlie Parker. Um, I had Bud Powell. I had Dinah Washington. I loved Dinah. He would make other, other singers, like he would make me a tape of Billie Holiday and Sarah Vaughn. But I, I loved Dinah Washington so much. And I loved Count Basie and Bud Powell. And I just, I, I think I loved the piano, but I didn't know it yet. But I, I think I liked the sound of the instrument. You've had the opportunity to play with some, I mean, some real heavy hitters, such as Lewis Hayes and Lou Donaldson and Scott Hamilton, just to name a few. And I know I just scratched the surface. What was it like sharing the stage with such incredible artists? Well, I think, I've, I've been very lucky and early on, uh, my father was great friends with Clark Terry and I, I was, uh, I performed a few times with Clark 
And I think I was too young, you know, to realize how amazing it was. And then when I moved to New York, um, I played with Jimmy Cobb and Lewis Hayes, like right away in that first year I'd moved to town. And um, it was just amazing to me. I think the thing that's hard to get across with words is just the sheer power of their rhythm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always the thing that really struck me. And I think the thing that I'm most interested in really is, is rhythm. Um, but that's that was always the thing I loved. Yeah, you know, it's funny um, when I read that uh, how close Clark Terry was to your family. One of my, you're not going to, you may or may not believe this, but one of my favorite songs by Clark Terry was when he teamed up with... Um, the Oscar Peterson trio and do a song called Mumbles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's that's That's, a classic. That's such a great, that's such a great song. And um, I would let everybody in on a little secret, but I can't do that. But um, (laughs) with the event, no, seriously, with the event coming up, they may get a little surprise from me. Um, Oh, I see. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I'm a poet. I'm not a, you know, a singer or a musician or anything like that. I write and, uh, you know, I'm a published author and that kind of stuff. And it's funny that um, you said your mom was a retired dietitian, you know, working in the healthcare. Mm-hmm. I worked in respiratory therapy for 42 years. Oh. And I just retired in October of 2021. Mm. Uh, so... Healthcare workers, go mom, go mom. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a calling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So your musical output as a leader is just amazing. I mean, since 2007, if I counted correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, you got a baker's dozen albums that you released. Writers. I think maybe it's 14. Oh, we got 14. Maybe. Uh, I've been thinking about it myself this week because um, Sunday and Monday, of just now when I was in Copenhagen, we recorded an, another another album and I was wondering if it was 15. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's, you know, you, you're just putting them out and, and I'm going to get to that, uh, get to that question uh, shortly. Um, as a matter of fact, right now, sometimes writers, sometimes they, you've heard them say that they get writer's block, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, how do you say, stay so fresh and inspired with your music? Well, I think also definitely can get, um, you know, a writer's block sort of feeling. Um, I think anybody who's involved in, you know, creative pursuits, we get tired or burned out or different things. But I would say in a general, like, macro sense you know i love i really love what i do and i i love making records and i love learning new tunes and things like that and um, i always try to sort of have some kind of fresh project that's a little bit challenging um to kind of keep me inspired or to keep me working towards something i think it's important to just have always um a project even if it's a recording or a show or some idea in your own mind of what you're doing um, to strive towards that helps me stay uh, fresh, as you said. Yeah, you know, I do the same thing with writing. I write something, whether it's a sentence, whether it's a paragraph, or whether it's a few paragraphs. I try to write something every day. Yes, consistency day I, also, that's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
your latest album or, or the, the latest one in 2021. Let me put it like that. Since you <laughs> might have 14 or 15 in the back now. Um, live from lockdown. Tell us more about the album and where we can get it. That record, I was so happy to make. So it's a duo album with me on piano and singing and my father on trumpet and flugelhorn. And I have wanted to make a record with him, a duo record for more than 10 years. And so when the pandemic happened, you know, I wasn't playing with anyone else. We weren't playing with the band. All of our shows were canceled. So we were just playing together at home and we started doing a live broadcast on Sunday, like a little online concert. And it was just so much fun and it was so great. And I was finally able to talk him into making this record. Um, and that's how it came about. And it's been very well received. I was very happy with um, all the reviews and with how much the audience liked it. I think also because of the show on Sunday that we were doing at the time. Um, but I really am very happy with that record. Yeah, it's, it's dynamite. The duo was nice. Thank Your you. dad is, he's dynamite. He's both of you together. Just fantastic. Um, thank and you. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, I should have mentioned that if you would like an autographed copy, uh, it is for sale on my website, which is champion.net and also on Bandcamp, actually. Um, and also if people prefer digital or streaming it is available everywhere like spotify apple music itunes um and also bandcamp for digital files um but it's it's out there right well like i said i want mine to say something <laughs> there. so Thank i don't know how we're going to do it whether you um if i go on there and order will you see that it's me that ordered it or yeah ab absolutely yeah so oh, the okay. orders the website has a store, a storefront that I think is very professional, <laughs> I hope. Okay. Um, yeah. And there's um, a section where you can write a note and you can um, ask for, you know, a personal autograph or a, a certain, some people have very specific ways they like me to sign things. And um, I'm happy to do that. I won't be mailing any new orders until mid-April just because I'm in Europe until then. Right. So if people want it to be personalized, I have to wait till I get back home. Yeah, yeah. Well, since we since you just mentioned it, where what does your tour look like in April? I mean, um, not in April. Current. Where are you at? Where have you been? And where will you be going? Well, I'm currently um, in sort of the first quarter of a seven week European tour that started in Basque Country in France. Right now, I'm in Copenhagen. Um, in the morning, I fly to London, where I'm playing a show at Pizza Express. Then um, I travel by Eurostar. I've never been on the Eurostar uh, between London and Paris. And I have two concerts in Paris over this coming weekend. Then I fly to Vienna. I'm in Austria for a week. I'll be in Italy for a couple of weeks. And then in Germany for a little more than a week. So it's seven weeks, six countries. I think it's 30 concerts wow um, and the, yeah it's a big one <laughs> yeah yeah that is ooh. Mm -hmm. man <laughs> that's a lot of frequent flyer miles too right it's a lot of traveling yeah so a uh, uh, quite a few flights maybe six or eight flights a lot of trains 
Mm. Um, and then I think in Austria, would mostly because Austria is a, a bit smaller, we're mostly traveling by car. Right. right. Um, and in Italy, in northern Italy, I know we're traveling by car, but I know also we are flying a little bit there. And I'll be actually taking the train also from Bologna to Munich, which I believe is a seven-hour train ride. I have not made that train ride before, but mm. <laughs> I, I will be on a train for seven hours at some point in April. Yeah, well, at least you, at least with a sleeper car, you'd be able to get a little bit of sleep, you know. Oh yeah, I'm a very easy traveler. I, I love to travel. Um, I enjoy it, and I, I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, when I usually when I feature an artist on uh, Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry, they have a few projects or more than a few under their belt. I usually try to go chronologically to show their music's uh, changes or growth. Mm -hmm. What's changed for you compared to your early days? What do you think the, the changes have been? I think um, certainly my art, my artistic vision remains very um, much. I don't want to say exactly the same, but they, you know, very similar to the beginning. I have the ideas that I want to play uh, swinging music that reaches people, makes them feel good. That's really what I want to do. Um, but I think certainly I've grown as a musician. I've gotten better. You know, um, I feel more comfortable with both my instruments, and I have um, gotten much better at traveling and performing which is a certain skill sort of to a, that has to be developed um, but I think in a lot of ways my ideas are the same but now I'm having more success at reaching them mm, okay um, now I'm a music lover but my mm -hmm. passion is jazz and it has been I'm 64 just turned 64 and I've been loving jazz since I was let's say eight years old I personally don't watch music awards programs because they, mm. to me, they don't give the respect that jazz deserves. Mm. In your opinion, what's the state of the music industry these days? And what mm. are some things that, and what are some things that, that you think might need to change? Well, I think the industry is changing, which I think is good, but it's a slow change. Um, I think that the, you know, the heads of the industry, the record labels, the main booking agencies, um, the magazines, the, the radio stations, I think are focused on um, talent that is already established. And by that, I mean older musicians. I'm not going to call anybody out, but, right, you know, right. certain certain musicians that are, um, in their 70s and above, they that win every award that are featured all the time. That and it's not that they don't deserve it, but I think the industry doesn't invest in younger artists, and then they sort of wonder uh, why they have less people at shows, or why they make less money, or why they sell less records. And I think a lot of that is just there's there doesn't seem to be a lot of freshness to the jazz quote unquote industry. That doesn't mean there isn't a lot of freshness in the jazz scene right. and among musicians and you know certain clubs that are very forward thinking and even certain labels that are very forward thinking. But I think in general, um, the, the industry is a little stuck 
in its old ways. Mm. You know, that's something that, um, you know, promoting, you know, the events that I have, which is mm-hmm. right now, it's basically once a year, but it's, it's usually a weekend event. But mm. when I'm talking to younger people and trying to get them to come out, the first thing they say, the very first thing they say, and I'm agreeing with you, is that, oh, man, jazz, it's a bunch of old folks listening to <laughs> You know what I mean? And I, and I yeah. try to tell them, I try to tell them that it's, it's a very accessible music. And, you know, I give them a list, and you're on that list of younger people that's tearing this music scene up. And when they see that, you know, I give them a list. I say, go look these people up. And they go and look and they come back to me and they be like, man, you're right. You know, I say, yeah. So, you know, slowly, but slowly. and then my children who are in their range from their 30s to their 20s, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're into it. So they pass it on to their friends, you know. Of course, they like their, you know, they like their hip hop and all that, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you know, I like the history of jazz and blues and all that kind of stuff and how important it is to our culture, you know? Mm. Me too. I feel, I feel very, obviously, I mean, I feel very strongly about it and um, I want it to be a contemporary, you know, culturally relevant thing. To me, it's not a museum piece, but I feel a lot of times the way that our industry works it makes it out like it's a museum piece. And that's not appealing to, to younger people. And I think especially not appealing to younger women. Mm. Um, and I think we need uh, women to know how great jazz is and how much they can enjoy it. And uh, that's that's something I think about a lot and want to foster. Yeah, yeah. I am um, um, a good friend of mine um, from... Bloomington, Indiana, Monica Hertzig. She's a pianist as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know Monica? I know her name and her music, yeah. but we've never met. Yeah, and she has a group called um, um, The Sheer Rose. Yeah. And, um, you know, they do some they do some dynamite music. Um, so our world is dominated right now by streaming services and social media. How has this affected your music as an art form? And is it more difficult to get your music out there or not? Well, I think for me, I'm very, I'm very happy that we have social media because I enjoy it. And I feel that it's given me a real opportunity to reach people and find people and connect with people that I might, you know, would not have had without it. Um, but it is easy to get, also get lost in how much of it there is. And I think the same for the streaming. Um, I use it myself. I use Spotify, especially when I'm on the road. It's very easy access to a lot of things, um, to checking music out and to learning music, things like that. But it also is hard to get noticed as an artist, you know, when there are so many releases mm. every day, um, that it's, it can be tricky. I'm still very lucky, I think, that I sell quite a few CDs and records. I still move physical product um, because I think if I was relying only on streaming as a source of revenue, that would be very bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but um, but I, I think streaming is fine, but I think also it's important to 
for me, it's important to own music that I love. So if I love a record, I want to have it in my collection. Mm. Well, I know personally from the from my my uh, hearing point of view, I love the sound of vinyl. Mm-hmm. I, I just I love I like CDs too. I got a, a hundred billion CDs, but I got a um, you know, a vinyl collection that just won't quit. I love vinyl. And as a matter of fact, I was just talking to my um, my son. I got to buy another turntable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and get yeah. another component system, you know, because I'm in the process of cleaning up a bunch of albums and and uh, trying to preserve them and, and really start getting back into them. Um, aside from music, what else are you most passionate about and and how, if at all, does it affect or inspire your music? Well, I think um, I really am somewhat obsessed with uh, with jazz. <laughs> um, I also, I really love reading. I read a lot and it's um, I've actually one reason I love traveling so much is it's a lot of time to read um, and I love history. And I also like traveling for that reason, too, to learn uh, histories about different places and to visit museums and be able to experience things like that. Um, But I would say, really, I'm sort of very, very focused on jazz because I was going to say I love reading jazz books and I love jazz history and uh, all the things like that. Once this pandemic slows down more, because I know you're touring right now, Mm -hmm. but once it slows down more, what's on your agenda as far as live musical well, I, I have been working uh, quite a bit since summer, uh, last summer, summer of 2021, and I would like to continue doing that. I perform a lot in Europe. Um, I think most likely going to go to Japan, hopefully this year, if not next year. Um, and I'd like to perform more domestically. I feel like in the United States, I don't perform as much as I wish I did. So I'd like to make time for that and make that happen. I think I saw on your website um, that you had some of your your dates. Are you going to be in South Carolina sometime? Yes, I will be in Hilton Head, South Carolina at the Jazz Corner the first weekend of May. Yes, I'm going to try to get down there to see that. I'm also coming, I don't know if it's closer to you, but I'm coming to Columbia, Missouri also in May. Um, to the We Always Swing series. But I mean, Hilton Head Island is also very beautiful to travel to and just in for in general. Yeah. <laughs> I love South Carolina. Yes, yeah. yeah, South Carolina. Plus I have uh, quite a few. Matter of fact, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, was from, um, and, and you know, her my family on her side was uh, from Sumter, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, that's, that's not too far from there, so. No, not at all. I think that'd be closer than me going to Missouri because I live in Philadelphia. Oh, you're in Philly. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought you were in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. yeah then Hilton Head is. Well, they're both. Uh, they're both far, but South Carolina yeah, might be more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in closing, in closing, what kind of advice would you give to inspiring artists? And um, then after that. You have the floor. Anything you would like to say? I think it's always, it's it's hard to give advice uh, (laughs) these days or maybe always, I don't know. But um, 
I think it's important to persevere and to have it in your mind while you're doing something. And if uh, if you're involved in jazz to get famous or to make a lot of money, I would say those are perhaps uh, not best suited for our music. Not because you won't get famous and make a lot of money, but I think you really should come at it with a, a, an artistic and pure intention for the most success. And I think that you have to just stick with it and persevere. If you really believe in something, then you keep doing it, no matter what outside forces might say to you. Yeah. So was there anything else in closing that you would like to say? I mean... No, it's been wonderful. Uh, it's been so nice chatting with you. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I, to everyone who's listening, go out and uh, listen to some jazz. Better yet, go see some jazz in person. Sounds good to me. So, <laughs> um, you know, thank you, champion, Miss Champion Fulton, all the way from Copenhagen you know, taking the time out to speak with me. I know it's a big uh, time difference, so I really appreciate you, uh, you know, meeting me here and having the conversation. And, uh, you know, I wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. And I can't wait to finally, two things, I can't wait to finally get a chance to see you perform live, because I know I've seen some of your uh, videos and you kicking it out. I mean, you really- Oh, thank you. Yeah, you swinging, you swinging for real. You're really swinging, and um, I can't wait to get my album. As a matter of fact, as soon as we get done, I want to go on the site and order it now. And I know not to expect it for a while, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and order my album. So, uh, thank you very much. Oh yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me here on Spotlight Conversation. We had the pleasure of speaking with pianist and vocalist. Champion Fulton, and again, I wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. And tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll have another conversation with a either an artist in the jazz genre or the poetry genre. So, Champion, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Clay. You have a nice day. All right, you too.